Guys show is brought to you by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com slash guys and get a free book just for trying them out for one month. This is the Book Guys Show, episode 71. We're back again. Padre, Padre is in the house. <laughs> Habemos, Padre. Hey, well, we, we have a jingle here. Hang on. Father Robert. White smoke, Padre. White smoke. I know you're busy today. Yeah, yeah. I was, just, I was dreading the blue smoke that would normally signify that I've blown up yet another electronic device. <laughs> Red smoke, and that means that... Robert Balasur is now the that's Pope. right that's <laughs> right <laughs> no yeah it's been a crazy day we got a we got a brand new Pope and he is a member of my religious order the Jesuits first Jesuit ever first Pope ever named Francis first Pope ever from the Americas so it's a it's a day of firsts for us crazy religious people yeah when I first saw his name I, I thought well I looked like, like an Italian last name I said oh here we go again but yeah first Pope from the Americas a lot of firsts today yeah yeah that, thank goodness so uh, we're, I don't think we can keep you for the whole show, Padre. I'm assuming you're going to be on uh, CNN, NBC, and all these NPRs, BBCs. Yeah, I got to I got <laughs> to do the circuit. I, uh, I got to be a good Jesuit. I've been I've been asked to do this by my superiors, so of course I will. But you know, my heart's with the book guys because where else can I find such an array of talented, intelligent, and crazy, crazy lovely podcasters like BGS? BGS Lots of places in the house. <laughs> of course, uh, our panel is always Burger King. Filled with book lovers like Professor Allen. We're doing the jingles this week. Professor Allen! Yeah! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Professor? Very well. And oh, you? Very well. How are things over in uh, central Ohio? Uh, not as busy as the Padres Day, but uh, enjoyable nonetheless. It was, uh, you know, we had spring break last week and it snowed today, so that sort of makes sense, right? Makes sense to me. Hey, now we got a priest, we got a professor. We have a knight, Sir Jimmy. How you doing, sir? Sir Jimmy. I'm just rocking the new webcam. So everybody, if you ever seen any of the videos so far, my, my skin's actually not yellow. So hey. <laughs> I thought you were yellow. I actually thought that was actually you. No, no, He's no, Sinestro. No. We got a special he guest today. All the way, in guys. Case, <laughs> thing a little too seriously. In, in case you're wondering, no, I'm not uh, actually. It's not actually Tom Hanks. So. Pretty close. <laughs> Pretty close, though. <laughs> we have a special guest today, guys. All the way from imore.com, crackberry.com. So many websites. Renee Ritchie, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's great to have you on today. We're going to be talking a little bit about DRM. We, you know, just because <sighs> it pisses us off. I can see that, Padre, right? I don't know what you're talking about. I love DRM. Okay. It's great. It's the best thing ever to happen. <laughs> so most of the times, the only times we talk about DRM on the book I show is because it's pissed us off for some reason. And we have a, a bunch of news today. And just because, Padre, um, because I know you got to go soon, uh, we're going to jump right into book news, if that's okay. I'm, I'm down with that. Let's do it. Book news. Uh, book publishers blast Amazon's plan to control domain names. Uh, looks like dot book dot author dot read uh amazon's got them all <laughs> they jumped on the bandwagon quickly gobbled up those master domains you know not, this is uh the like dot com dot eu uh amazon's gobbled up all those and it's looking like they're they have an anti-competition lawsuit in their future guys right yeah because you know we, we've heard about stories like this before at least we think we've heard stories like this where someone buys a domain and squats on it but this this is a whole new level. So what what Amazon did was they bought a TLD or several TLDs, top level domains. So it's it's not as if they own book.com, which would be powerful enough as it is. They owe, own every single domain that can go in .book. Uh, now, here's what they plan to do. What they want to do is they want to make sort of an ecosystem that makes it so easy for you to buy any book that you want. Uh, they could, theoretically, owning the TLD, have a different domain for every book ever put out there and own every single one. And they can make it easy for you to say, oh, I want Harry Potter. Well, I go to harrypotter.book. I, I want Catching Fire. I go to catchingfire.book. It's brilliant, but at the same time, that's not what ICANN is supposed to do, the, the agency that, that controls these domains. It's supposed to do things in the interest of the public good. I don't see any public good in having one company own an entire TLD. No, no, but does it really What's, matter, the, the, the domain? 
like, I mean, if, if, if Renee didn't work for imore.com, he worked for imore.net or, you know, imore.tv. It's not the last three letters in the domain name that's causing people to go to imore.com. Right. Because they have great I, I, I news, iOS news. Well, I mean, but that's the thing. I mean, that .net, .org, .com, we're used to that being, well, if it's not one, it's the other. But we're talking about one entity, Amazon, owning everything in .book. Now, they haven't done anything with it, but what they could do, and this is what has people scared, if it becomes the de facto way to buy online books, like Amazon is currently the de facto way to buy online books, they have an incredible monopoly tool uh, that basically prices out and uh, and conveniences out anyone who wants to compete against them. Now, is this ICANN's fault? Yes. <laughs> let, let me put it right there. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Amazon's playing by the rules in this case. Yeah, Amazon is playing by the rules, uh, but it's not the spirit. Again, you got to remember what ICANN was created for. ICANN is it's not supposed to be a, a for-profit organization. ICANN is supposed to watch out for the welfare of the, the domain naming system. Uh, yeah, and so when they hand out these domains, they always have to have an eye on, will this be good for users of the internet? Having a domain, a TLD, that becomes the de facto standard for buying books is in the public interest. But having it entirely owned by one company is not. I mean, that's, that's what we keep coming back to. I, I looked into how much these things cost. And, and yeah. for a not-for-profit uh, you know, organization... If we wanted to get dot book guys, we're looking at was like a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, no, it would be pricey. It would be pretty it's also, dang pricey. I think it's also Amazon in and of itself does not give a lot of people warm and fuzzy feelings. If there's one company that has a history for draconian activity, for being controlling, for being dictatorial with authors, with publishers, with app developers, mm -hmm. uh, they make Apple look like a bunch of hippies still, they and that's do. difficult. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, now, and we were talking uh, Renee last week about Amazon. We were first off, we were all happy when I saw the news that. They had patented the ability to uh, sell ebooks as used, so that you could transfer them, you know, to someone else. And then we learned through our research before we went to air that it was no, we didn't. It was actually between shows that it was a defensive patent that mm -hmm. they just patented it so no one else could use it. And this week we had some good news. This week, uh, since we last broadcast, Apple has patented a system, and uh, Apple historically not known for. Defensive patents, they're usually patenting because they might use it and they don't want you to use it unless you pay them a license fee. So th their patent is a dream. It's our dream here at the Book Guys Show, which is that you could be able to take your book, I could take my ebook and sell it to Padre. And what the Apple patent involves is the system by which the Apple servers could check that piece of content with who owns the rights to the content check the license to see if it can be uh, transferred or sold, and then report that back to the user in a seamless way through iTunes so that I could gift one of my eBooks to Sir Jimmy or you know, send a Doctor Who audio over to Padre or a Green Lantern comic to <laughs> Professor Allen. So, uh, I mean, uh, you're the iMore guy. You're the iOS guy. Is this, is this a defensive patent as well, or is this something Apple actually wants to do? Well, good guy usually Apple? with Apple, they, they, like most big technology companies, companies, will patent absolutely everything they can. It becomes a nuclear deterrent, a war chest. It's also a smokescreen. If they patent 900 ways of doing something, the actual one they're working on becomes much harder to determine. If they only patent one, you know, it's fairly obvious what they're going to do. And Apple, Apple's a... It's, it's hard to predict what Apple's going to do, but they're also a very predictable company. They really don't care about content creators. They really don't care about developers. They care primarily about Apple and about delighting their users. And what I like about this patent is that this kind of patent would make users incredibly happy. It would most likely be bound to iOS devices because that increases the value of Apple's platform and ecosystem. But it would it would increase that value by making people like us happy because we can share that material. And that's why I prefer Apple... I prefer to have all these protocols be open. I'm a guy who likes my proprietary shiny boxes, but open protocols. So I would be happier if someone else did it. But I'm happier that Apple is doing it than, than Amazon. Yeah. Apple could just say, hey, how many domains are left? Well, I mean, okay, it, let's buy them all. 
there was that brouhaha with books that could be read out loud. And when Apple announced the ability to do voice over, just to have something read to you, they said this is an accessibility for people who have visual impairments, and everyone was fine with it. Amazon just says, all your books can be read to you, and immediately the Authors Guild gets incredibly antsy. They, Amazon doesn't have the nuance, the skill, or the understanding of the market that Apple does. So they might screw us over just in their attempt to have an eager marketing checklist item. Now, this, this patent seems like something that Apple could roll out regardless of where the big publishers stand, and just say, look, hey, okay, fine, you're not into this, we'll flag you as no in the system. But now the users are going to look at books that they're purchasing and see that, is it transferable? No, they might buy something else from yeah. a smaller publisher. And this is a, might entice some of the, the big guys, the HarperCollins, the, you know, the, to sign on eventually. It looks like something they can implement right away regardless of what these guys, uh, the big guys think. I buy from iBooks because Kindle are often flagged US only, and that means I'm not allowed to buy them. So I'm happy to yeah. take my business to iBooks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, don't get me started on Apple, iTunes, and, <laughs> and, and Amazon, and uh, uh, Canada, US, because it drives me nuts. The Kindle's <laughs> a paperweight. <laughs> I accidentally uh, once flagged my. Uh, it was this weird uh, sequence of events. I use a service called unblock-us.com so that I can. Uh, you know, use U.S. Netflix. I admit it. Alleg allegedly. 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 Yes. Thank you, Padre. Thank you. Yeah, Theoretically. Covering my covering my butt every day, Padre. Uh, and then, uh, why did I switch? I switched uh, to the iTunes store on my iPad because I just want to see reviews for our podcast and whatnot. So, those two combined ends up with me buying the new David Bowie album in the U.S. <laughs> store <laughs> with my U.S. account. And now I have to buy it again <laughs> in the Canadian store to listen to the freaking David Bowie. DRM, ah! and tax. Well, I mean, th that goes even beyond DRM. I mean, we're going back into the old, the, the traditional way of transferring media rights within a durable media. So this, this this used to be all the rage. Whenever you would take a story, Let, let's say I have a license to use your likeness uh, in a in a comic book. Well, if I start writing a regular book uh, or an audio book out of that comic book, just because I have the permission and the contract with you to use your li li likeness in one media, that does not transfer over into another media without your express written cons uh, consent. And you have to do that for every level of media you go. So from comic book to audio book to television show to movie, that's what the entertainment industry is used to. And that's why it freaks them out when we start talking about something that, that seems self-evident to us, which is if I have a digital file, I should be able to play it on my laptop, my phone, my tablet, my TV, because it's all the same file. They're thinking, no, 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 no. We got extra levels of income there. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, we got, we don't yet have a nice way of making those two worlds meet. Uh, definitely not in a way that it's going to make either party publishing happen. Is very, so publishing is very stratified along you know, national boundaries, separate negotiation rights for separate distributions. And a place that I see this, obviously, is in textbooks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I will run across students who have gotten the international version of a textbook for, you know, one-third the price, and then might have to adjust page numbers a little bit. But, you know, they're certainly willing to, uh, to look at whether it's Amazon.co.uk or some other international eBay source to get an international uh, textbook but the textbook publishers those deals are specific country to country it's crazy well i mean come on dvd regions fixed everything we know there's no longer any piracy exactly <laughs> <laughs> you know padre still my favorite way to buy music you wait what, what is that wait what I don't. I don't recognize I this thing. That you're holding up. You know what? It's I've, round. It's shiny on it's, one side. I, I've never seen that. It's called oh, a compact yeah. disc. The, 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 the DJs scratch those. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, the whole thing is, I can. I can. I buy one of these, and I shove it into my Mac, and my Mac is set up to automatically encode it. Gets the album artwork. It you know through my iTunes Match account, it's there. If Apple ever decides that I don't deserve to have the the music that's in my iTunes Match account. Could happen one day. I still got this. It's it's physical. You know, it's real. Physical. It, I wish I could do that with books. I wish I could just there's, load. There's there's something book in my going on on with the whole system where you have to buy this CD that is unwieldy and huge. You know, c compared to what you really need, they ought to sell those on a, a micro SD that you can just take and whatever, so they don't have all this packaging, all this waste, all this stuff. 
I mean, if you want to keep so much room in your house, all they need to condense it down. And I'm not talking about the little micro Sony disc they came out with. They need to come out with something else. Well, we we tried that though. Remember, I mean, if you remember back to the the waning days of the huge empire of BMG and the and the music, the RIAA. At one point, they did try to sell us little memory devices. Like, yeah, uh, did they call them UMDs or whatever? Yeah, and they, they were locked, and they figured, oh, people want to own physical media. So instead of owning a CD, you own a little chip, and you put the, the chip in your, in your device. It'll be fantastic. And I think Sansa jumped on that, and Sony jumped on it. But that's when they realized, no, we've crossed that threshold. It's not just that we want it in a different format. It's we want it in its pure format. Digital is digital. Right. I should. I, I, I. If it wants to be on different devices, it will be on different devices, regardless of how you try to protect it. Apple. I guess Apple figured that out. Well, that's that famous Steve Jobs Rolling Stone interview where he told the record executives they were competing with free. Yeah. They, had to, yeah. they had to learn that. And then the thing is, uh, it's not that DRM as a concept itself is bad. It's let's call it concentration camp DRM, where. Sorry, Padre. <laughs> but it's, it's uh, I've DRM'd where I cannot sell this ever again. When I pass away, this stuff just vanishes. Uh, it's locked into this god-awful concentration camp. But if you give me walled garden DRM, where I can say, I'm done with this comic book. I think Professor Allen would love it. And I can just, poof, send it off to him. It, yes, it deauthorizes from my account. It's gone forever. Disappears from all my devices. But I've now given it to a friend. It still exists, or I've sold it to him. You know, it's now that makes it physical property—not physical, but real. It makes it real to the point where a lot of people will start collecting, yeah. you know, huge libraries. And the funny thing is, with this, which which the music companies prefer, I can load this into my uh, iMac, and if I really wanted to, I could pass it on to all four of you. Yeah, and, and there's, there's no, there's no way to track it. You know, is there? Where, where a walled garden DRM would ensure them that only one person has a copy of this, this particular yeah. copy of this item. And let's say, you know, even let's go further to Amazon's doing the signing now where authors can digitally sign ebooks. Now that gives that digitally signed ebook some value because Stan Lee drew a picture of Spider Man on it. And no one else can get that unless they buy that particular, you know, bald magic garden ebook. One of the problems for me is that it's it's not just what DRM does, but it's it's actually it, it causes it's, it's a hostile it's a hostility towards people who actually pay for media. And I, I've this has happened to me recently. I have a almost thousand dollar Pioneer seven point one uh, receiver that I cannot use because any HDMI plugged into it currently wow. says it's not HDCP compliant, yeah. and it would cost almost as much to fix it as it would to buy another one. And so now I don't have stereo. I put my Avengers Blu-ray into my PS4 and it said, your encryption keys have expired. And it wasn't on a network, so I had to go and painfully put it on Wi-Fi to download. I'm, I bought this stuff. I paid good money yeah. for this stuff. And I have less ability to use it than someone who stole it. And I think that's where they run into problems. So this is also the case with many you know, physical goods. You know, I, if I buy the particular type of automobile I buy, it limits the size of wheels and tires I can put on it or it limits. I mean, there are some times, you know, we, as, as consumers, we think we should be able to get everything. And there's a point at which I think there's a little touch of whining. I want it cheap. I want it every way. I, I want it the most convenient, but I don't want to pay for the convenience. I want it 99 cents. That seems a little high. Um, I, you know, I want it when I want it, where I want to do everything I want with it. And, you know, I, th I think you have to pay for convenience. You have to pay. I mean, th those are legitimate things to charge. So that's why I, I sort of agree with Paul. I don't want to, I, I don't know that the answer is shifting the pendulum the entire other direction. Mm -hmm. That there needs somewhere to be a middle ground. Of course, pendulums don't stop well, in the middle. That's the if problem. If you compare it to a physical item, like here I got a copy of uh, Johnson Nagel's Inkblot. I can't magically, sorry, I can't magically, you know, duplicate this and magically send it to all four of you. Don't but I still buy it. I still enjoy it. So if the DRM works just like this, Print where store. I can transfer it. There's, there's something else that's, that's fundamental here, and that is uh, what has happened to the culture of ownership. 
before the digital world, when you bought something, you physically had it in your hands and you had the right of first sale. It now You now owned it. It belonged to you. You could do with it what you want. You could destroy it. You could sell it. You could hoard it, whatever. With the advent of of property that was only property in a theoretical sense because it didn't actually exist, uh, right. you have the rise of what we call the, the, the EULA, the End User License Agreement, which is you you are now not buying that that property. You are buying the right to do something with something. Uh, and it's much more concept, conceptual and it, it really ticks people off because as you said, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's not a physical copy of say a book, uh, but I expect to be able to do the same thing that I did with a book that I may have paid just as much for. And that is to be able to give it to someone, to will it to someone, to hand it off. But the end user license agreement, which you agreed to when you bought it, says no, you can't. Uh, and, and we still don't have we don't have a really good answer for that. And, and it, it goes beyond just books. I mean, you, you look at hardware, not, not just from Apple, but from anyone that that is anyone that is locked down in some way, shape, or form. We all agree to to abide by that lockdown when we buy the the material. And then when we figure out exactly what we agreed to, we get upset. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you know, I, I think we can all agree here because we're content creators. We believe that people who make content and make good things, hardware. Uh, software, whatever it is, we think they should get compensated. The, yeah. the question is, okay, well, give me a way to compensate that is fair. Give me a way to use it the right. way that I want to use it mm -hmm. that is fair. I think that's really what we want. You know, how, how many books would have Stephen King uh, have written if he had to work as a janitor for 12 hours a day still? You know, you know, you got to get paid for, your, for what you're doing. DRM, good DRM, good. Bad DRM, bad. It's simple. Well, I think there's also a balance point that people, if you make the argument that I'm giving you a copy of something that comes with less rights and less convenience, like for example, your CD can play in your iMac, in your stereo, in your car. You don't require a separate license for every point of utility for that um, music. And that was the big dream of, of content providers at one point was, oh, we can charge you again for every item. So now they want to reduce convenience and reduce your ability to like, for sale. They want to reduce your ability to lend, but they still want to charge you as much or not more. That CD was more expensive than a tape initially, and it just kept going up. Blu-ray is more expensive than a DVD, and the price keeps going up. And we have, I think, this innate human sense of justice that kind of we get offended when we get less, but we are perceived that we are paying more for it. Right. You know, yeah, and you know what? It's kind of a little bit of greed from the big media companies because you know they've cut out the the, the need to manufacture a CD. They've cut out this whole distribution system. They don't have to give Sam the record man, you know, 75% of the price of the, the, the CD, but they still want the whole $10. You know, where they used to get 250 from that $10 and have to manufacture the CD, now they want the whole 10. Well, if you remember back to the, the big SOPA debate that we had in this country a while back, uh, there were uh, the RIAA spokesperson basically said they're stealing hundreds of millions of dollars from us every single year. And his, his proof of this was that their profits had declined each year. Uh, and and you know, this, this is what we hate about this, the old media, the old corporation greed, which is, no, no, no. It's not that people are stealing and that's why you're losing profit. It's because you, you've got a lot more competition now. Our, our attention is being drawn in so many different ways. Guess what? The, the person who used to spend $1,000 a month on music, on records, on CDs, is now spending that money on gadgets. He's now spending that money on streaming. He's now spending that money on other modes of entertainment. So it's not that necessarily people are stealing from you. It's your product's just no longer that compelling. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, and this recently we had the video game. I'm looking at it here. SimCity, which was a disaster <laughs> of a launch. Oh, it's a single player game that you that uh, and we're told uh, by a, a Maxis Insider that Max is the company that makes SimCity uh, through EA games that there's no processing going on on the server end. Everything is done on your PC or your Mac, or your Linux box, whatever. And yet, except except <laughs> they have a DRM server that stops it from working if you're not connected online all the time through the server. And guess what? On day one, they didn't have enough servers. Mm -hmm. I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt. When we ran the story, on, it was believable that they were doing a heavy amount of processing in the background. And so that's, they basically said, look, was this, was this a failure of, clouds, of open cloud service? Did they not scale it up enough? 
But the more the story is coming out, it, it sounds like, yeah, that, that was just a lie Max has told to make it seem like they were less incompetent than they really are. Uh, it, because if, if it really is true that the only thing running remote was the DRM and that it was so pitifully bad and, and insufficient that you had millions of people buying the, the, the content and then immediately grading it 1.7 or 0 on the Amazon store to the point where it gets pulled off the digital shelf, then you've got a game company that doesn't know how to make games. And that's not, that's not a great business plan. And, and the worst part about this, uh, having the, the, that DRM server going, like I know that EA historically has done this to, uh, let's say, uh, multiplayer servers. Like if you have a copy of NHL 2006 for your Xbox, we'll try to play multiplayer right yeah. now. Oh, not available. So how long before this SimCity game that you might love and enjoy stops working because EA says so. And I put J.J. Probably... Abrams' uh, Star Trek into my Mac because it said digital copy and I didn't realize it. And as soon as it went in my Mac, it launched. And this is a 2009 movie and said, sorry, this is power PC only. We can't, there's no transfer utility no. for this movie. Yes. Wow. No, are you serious? Yeah. No oh. Rosetta for Mountain Lion, so no oh. digital copy for me. Uh, it, it, that harkens back to the battle days. Remember when Sony used to install a rootkit on your computer yes. if you put their CD into your... Oh, my goodness. They don't um, learn. They no. don't learn. The media companies oh, just yeah. do not learn. Here's an example from last week. I played the Iron Man 3 trailer I probably shouldn't have on the show. But I was talking favorably about it. I'm you know, looking forward to it. And I figured I'd save the, you know, the viewer's time. As soon as it hit YouTube, we've detected this content is in this file. So, of course, by default on YouTube, every ad on that uh, you know, episode of Book Guys Show from now on Goes to Disney. <laughs> I was like, what? I promote their stuff on our show, and now they basically own episode 70. Screw you, rat. <laughs> <laughs> or Viacom will take you down, and even like we had that. We had some of our shows taken down by Viacom, and it had all original content 100% original content, but they filed a claim against it, and it was gone from the internet. And they just don't get the internet. I mean, I think it's a lot, bunch of old fogies running these companies. Uh, they just haven't died off so that someone like us you know could be in charge or someone our age range anyways because now maybe next book i show i'm not going to talk about that new upcoming disney movie because you're going to talk about man of steel i'll talk about man of steel or something and i won't show the trailer god forbid our and then we can give money to is that universal or viacom i, I forget warner's warner, warner. Brothers. we can give money to warner the funny thing is even if i tried to get uh, uh permission to play that trailer the company that's listed as the rights holder for that trailer, guess what? It's not Disney. It's not Marvel. It's, I don't know. I don't even remember who it is. Lawyer and Lawyer LLC. Yeah. You know, we so actually get hit with that all the time at Twit. We'll, we'll get random oh, yeah, takedowns so that we have to fight against right. from some, like, out of the country. Yeah. Normally down yeah, in Argentina. Uh, so we, we, we have these takedowns from these companies that are basically trying to shake us down. What they'll do is they'll fire off all these cease and desists, hoping that the content creator will not notice that they, they've got this claim in there. And then in the meantime, all that money from the monetization goes to them instead. It's a, it's a scam. But, I mean, for the little guy, how am I to know if I should fight this one and not that one? That one actually right. came from Disney. This one came from patent troll or copyright troll. Well, yeah, but the the... The thing that pops up as soon as you upload that video, it's, is this content in there or not? So how can I dispute that? So I have to say, yes, it is. Yeah, they, not, they have no button for it, but it's fair use. This is yeah. fair use. We were commenting on it. It was fair you, use. You would think that these guys wouldn't flag these things like trailers. Because if I was doing a movie, I'd want my trailer on every podcast known to man. Go Do you ahead. remember when the yeah. Artists Guild started trying to threaten lawsuits against iTunes and Best Buy for showing album art uh, yep. Yep. because they weren't paid for it? And they're like, well, we're, mar we're marketing your product. It's I on know. a shelf. Can you imagine walking by an ad on the street and there's a guy there with a hat and asking for you know, five cents? You looked at I it, five cents. Break this to you, Paul, but Disney's going to come right after us uh, for this one because of the poster that is over Renee's right shoulder. Oh, we are goodness. in serious trouble uh if you could just black that out uh, digitally that would be awesome i'll blur it i'll put a blurry thing over it <laughs> i'm sensitive to these issues I, I i in another life i wrote a bunch of stuff and i once went to a bookstore in hong kong and i saw photocopies of my books for sale on the shelf right, right. 
Right. Because it's Hong Kong and you can go outside of a movie theater and they're selling copies of the movie you're watching in the movie theater. Uh, and, you know, that's, a t that's not a great feeling for an artist, but there has to be some not insane ground in the middle that everyone can agree on. I waste so much time.com. It was like the like a figure of Darth Vader still in the in the plastic like it was hanging on the card. And, it, and down at the bottom, they had circled it, and it, it said, uh, warning, choking hazard. <laughs> I mean, I'll give that to uh, myself, all right. Oh, no. It's a good show. All right, everybody, see you next week. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Been a lot of Tip fun. Tip the waiter. Stay for the veal. <laughs> uh, since we last talked, Padre, just because I know you're, you're probably one of the biggest uh, Who fans I got here. Uh, the 50th anniversary book collection is now available. They've chosen one novel from each of the doctors as a box set. Available now on Amazon, iTunes, pretty much everywhere. Uh, I don't see a price point. Probably going to be pricey. Doesn't matter what it costs, I'm getting it. I'm in, <laughs> I'm in as well. You know, a lot of the older uh, novels are still available. The, uh, they keep getting reissued by BBC, so you can find them at your local bookstore in hard copy. But uh, really hard to find in the digital, like uh, the old Terrence Dix novels and whatnot. That is all the book news we have. But DRM. Eh. Can, can we call the show I Love DRM? Sure. sure. <laughs> Just to be trollish. I, you know, but I cannot like, lie. Like chocolate for content. Yes. <laughs> Padre, I know you got to go. No, you got to go. You got things to do. White smoke, black smoke, red smoke. Yeah. So uh, we're going to come right back. We're going to do a break, and we're going to come right back with uh, Renee Ritchie, Sir Jimmy, Professor Allen. We're going to talk a little bit about what's on our Kindles, what's on our nightstands right after this. Bye, Padre. Have fun. Thank you. Hi, this is Colin Ferguson. I play Sheriff Jack Carter on Eureka, and you're listening to The Book Guys. I'm Andrew Leyland of the Hey Kids Comics and Fantasticast podcast. And I'm Steve Lacey of 20 Minute Long Box and the Fantasticast. And you're listening to The Book Guys. Hey. Book Guys. I want to remind everybody Book Guys Show is brought to you by Audible, over 125,000 titles. And you can get any audiobook, any book that we're talking about today for free. Just for trying them out, go to audibletrial.com slash bookguys. And by freehollowbooks.com. <laughs> Live ad read, Sir Jimmy. We got to get you a luchador mask like the, the ad dragon from NSFW or something. Yeah, your mic's not on. <laughs> Whatever. My mic's not, my mic's hey, not on. Look at this. <laughs> Every one of the books you see on this whole shelf right here, these are all actually, they're hollowed out. Wow. Some of them even have fantastic prizes inside that you will not get when you buy the books. No, no. Oh, which, which reminds me, before we talk to, to Renee here about uh, iMore.com and all kinds of other stuff, guys, the video contest! <laughs> ah! All right, that's enough. How's it going? And we all, you know what, here's how's it going. We got the prize aganza box is ready. We're gonna add to it every week. Every week until all the videos start coming in. Remember folks, send us in a video review of your favorite book, audiobook, audio drama, podcast. At this point, you know what? Send us a review of anything. Video Can format. I send can I send one in? You know what? We're gonna open it up. You know what? Screw it. You can send one in. You just can't vote on yes! that that particular video. <laughs> Start off. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a review of the book guys show. Sure, why not? <laughs> so the most creative video under a minute. Send it to newsroom at me.com, or post it on YouTube and send us a link. It's preferable. And you're gonna get the prize aganza. This is the box. We're starting with one box. It might become a pallet. Who knows? We're starting off with two audiobooks from Brilliance Audio. In the prize aganza, hey. every week I'm gonna add until the end of April when we give away the whole. Again. <laughs> and I vow, I vow, if we get at least, at least two entries, at least two, somebody gets a free hollow book of our choosing. Okay, excellent, excellent. So there you go. The, the, the box, box is filling up quickly. Filling wow. up quickly. Hey, we got guests sending us uh, books and stuff. We'll put it in there. It could be a good prize again. 
I might send in a video myself and just keep the box. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, uh, gentlemen, we skipped at the top of the show because of the new pope. You know, uh, of Padres, uh, you know, busy man today. First Jesuit pope. Padres now he's moved up the, moved up the ladder. Oh yeah, we got connections. <laughs> I'd be nicer to him. We all got to be nicer to him. That's right. <laughs> he has cleaned up the show. I gotta say, we used to get the explicit tag more often before we had Padre on the show. But uh, we skipped uh, what's on your Kindle, what's on your nightstands, what's on your Kobo's, on your whatever. Uh, Professor Allen, what's on your Kindle nightstand, in your hand, in your knapsack? We need a jingle for that segment. <laughs> well, I did recently finish up a uh, novel. It's an audio version of a novelization of a seventh Doctor Who episode. So if that's not meta enough for you, I can't help you. <laughs> Paradise Towers, one of the controversial uh, not altogether overwhelmingly popular episodes from the Seventh Doctor, and it was a um, it was an okay listen. And I'm working my way through Deadly Straits. Yes, yes. By potential future guest Ari e. McDermott. Mm. Spies and ships and subs and terrorists. It's great terrorism I'm, I'm, and I'm into it myself. Fun yeah. stuff like that. Now, Paradise Towers, I'm seeing here. Is that the one? Uh, did you? Your version is narrated by Bonnie Langford. That is correct. She played. Uh, she played uh, Mel, the uh, companion yep. in that uh, in yep. that story. So th this was a, a before. This is like a pre uh, Big Finish audiobook. This is uh, made by the BBC, uh, but they do use the original actors as well. Mel is in it, right? Um, mm -hmm. I love the Seventh Doctor audios. They're great. I mean, he, he has compiled, I mean, hundreds of audiobooks at this point. Yeah, right. Um, actually, this week, I also did listen to um, one of our favorite, or one of my favorite doctors, the fourth doctor, Tom Baker, finally gave in, and he started, you know, he was off the whole Doctor Who thing for a while. He just, you know, faded away. Not faded away, but stayed away from the whole fandom and whatever. But he, he's now, you know, appearing regularly at the Big Finish Studios, we are getting new Fourth Doctor adventures. Um, I was listening to The Sands of Life, which is a, four, a Fourth Doctor audio by Big Finish. This one's written by Nick Briggs and directed by Nick Briggs, who some of us may know is the voice of the Daleks on the new show. He's the guy who's got the ringtone modulator with him. and uh, You will be exterminated. Uh, wrote and directed. He's also the guy behind Big Finish. Uh, this one stars Tom Baker, Fourth Doctor, the late Mary Tam, Romana, so this mm -hmm. is probably one of the last performances you're going to ever uh, hear out of Mary Tam. Recently passed away. Uh, John Leeson reprises his role as K-9. Uh, I have a little clip here. This is from BigFinish.com. We're not always shilling for Audible. You know, if I listen to something somewhere else, we, we, you know, we play clips there too. The sands of life. <gasps> What's the matter? I, I, I... You heard that voice again, didn't you? Yes, and you didn't. No, it seems as if whoever these creatures are, they want to speak to you, specifically. I am recording this message aboard the conglomerate space platform Fortune in the Proxima 4 system, and this experiment will be our brand's defining moment. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, The Sands of Life. Let the experiment begin. Energy levels now at five times TARDIS normal and rising faster. Global one alert now. Well, we've no idea what it is, but it's right in the middle of the Sahara Desert. Their eyes. Danger, mistress. Something is making contact with the mistress. Does that sound friendly to you? Stay, Stay away. away! Stay away! Sands of life. Sands of life. Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. So, uh, I just, first thing I want to say is, I know that it's an audio drama, and it's, it's an audio drama, 
And it's a lot easier to make a trailer from an audio drama because it's more like a movie. <laughs> Audible, take note. That's how you spend two minutes and get someone to want to purchase your book, your audio book. Not a, not a random selection of description of something or another. Yeah, Renee, uh, one of our pet peeves with Audible is that the, uh, sometimes the three, four-minute clip on Audible is a random, a random yeah. section of the book. We've had audiobook narrators on. Was it uh, Johnny Heller the other day? They could have picked something interesting. <laughs> what do you say? He say it felt like he was on the Letterman show and they showed the credits <laughs> of the movie. But uh, yeah, Sands of Life, really enjoyed that. Fourth Doctor is back. Uh, again, these actors are older, don't look like their previous selves, but they can still do uh, a great story using their voice. Tom Baker's the guy for me. I mean, I had, a, I had a nerdy little friend lived over the hill from me when we were in like seventh, eighth grade. And he's like, have you ever seen Doctor Who? I'm like, no, I haven't. What is it? And he showed it to me. I'm like, this sucks. You're a nerd. <laughs> and then, but that's, that's like, and now I'm back on this show and you guys are talking about Doctor Who. And I'm like, yeah. Nerds. Yeah, I, I, know, <laughs> I know all about Doctor Who. <laughs> to be fair to Jimmy, one, he was a nerd. And two, but there was a good 60-40 chance that it did suck. That's right. <laughs> and if you watch yeah. it again as an adult, uh, the older ones, you do realize <laughs> that's just bubble wrap painted green. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so gentlemen, yeah. joining us today, Rene, Rije, all the way from imore.com, crackberry.com. I can't even keep track of how many websites you got going. Really? On. You're from crackberry.com? No kidding? Uh, imore.com, crackberry.com, androidcentral.com, and wpcentral.com. Now, Where can uh, we find your stuff at? Uh, I write mostly on imore.com, but I occasionally pinch in. Like Tomorrow I'm going to be helping Android Central with the Galaxy S4 release. So we, we do cross-pollinate. I heard that there was some Galaxy S4 stuff sort of released uh, maybe prematurely. Somebody slipped some stuff into an ad. You never know because half the time that stuff is fake or bogus or trying to uh, attempt for attention. So you only really know when the guy holds it up on stage. Okay. Well, you know, yeah. I, I really know when I see it on imore.com because uh, Sir Jimmy – imore.com they usually nail it i mean you guys are pretty good about not posting you know all the shite that you see on uh, i can say shite right uh, on yeah. like you know t-u-a-w and all these other apple sites they just post everything that they get right oh yeah uh, i get all my information from imore.com <laughs> where can we no, where can we find where can we find uh, imore.com at at reddit.imore.com we made it convenient we made the website name the actual address of the website Fantastic. You guys are brilliant. See, you're a step ahead. <laughs> Everybody well, else is trying to DRM their domain names. You guys are you're forward thinking. And we did not buy .imore, so we didn't. <laughs> and I, I know, Renee, you're not going to ask this question, but do you have that inside? Is, is it a direct inside scoop you got? Do you have a, a guy on the inside? I know you do. Um, it's traditional <laughs> news reporting. I mean, you, you, you cultivate which ones you can trust and you base you know, future behavior on past behavior and you just, every time you take a swing and you hope that you connect and you know, sometimes you miss and you try to pick yourself back up. You have to be better than that guy over at, uh, oh gosh. Who's you that stop guy? at that guy. As long as you stop at that guy, it's fine. Yeah, that, that, guy, that any, guy sucks. He gets, than any of them. he gets everything wrong. I'm not going to ask you, Renee, uh, you cover all, all these different devices. I mean, sure. WebOS, BlackBerry, mm -hmm. which is what we call it here in Canada usually, uh, you know, iOS, What's your, what's your phone of choice? What's your computer in your pocket of choice? So we, uh, I'll preface it by saying that we, live in, we finally live in a time where everyone is making good phones. There's, I, have a, I have a Z10. I have an iPhone 5. I have a Nexus 4. I haven't got a Windows phone yet. I'm waiting for, the next, like, for this year's version. But I, there, there's good things about all of them. I personally use an iPhone because the things that annoy me about iPhones are, are more livable than the things that annoy me about Android. Okay. Um, and other people have different, like, Android has more features. So some people, Andy Anotko famously switched to Android because it has more features. I'm a designer by trade, so user interface is the most important thing to me, and I find that less annoying on iOS. Yeah. I, I just got trapped into it because, you know, for the <laughs> iPod, and now I've bought all the apps, so for, it would cost me thousands of dollars to switch yeah. over to BlackBerry. DRM, really I've had an iPhone for, that my company supplied me now for four months, and, you know... I, I would kill a homeless guy downtown if they would just give me back my my real keyboard on my BlackBerry so that I could type some stuff out and get on with my life. I'm so tired of autocorrect. Sir Jimmy, you just gotta look. Bluetooth. Bluetooth. What is that? 
<laughs> oh yeah, I'll just I'll just put that in my pocket. When they come out with the one that rolls up like paper, then I'm if on you, board. If you don't wear skinny hipster jeans, you can very easily fit that in your back pocket. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you the truth right now, the internet. I'm gonna tell you. I just took two pair of skinny jeans that I bought several years ago and, and I hollowed could them wear, out. No, I, I <laughs> we're getting to that. We're getting to that. I took these skinny jeans to this this little uh store here in town that sells like used clothes and uh I said I can wear these for two weeks a year. I don't think it's worth it, and they <laughs> they gave me like twelve bucks a piece for them. I'm like, all right. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. But hey, I just got done reading the entire trilogy. <laughs> or, the trilogy or what, in what do you four call parts? this? A quadrilogy? What do you call that when there's yeah. four of them? Sounds good. A quadrilogy. Anyway, I just got done reading all of the uh, Twilight books, and let me tell you. There's nothing better to do with the Twilight books when you are done reading the trilogy than to burn them, hollow them out. <laughs> they don't burn; they sparkle. No, they, they do. You hollow them out. Look at that; they're all combined into one little case right there. Bam! Put them on your shelf. You can hide anything inside, folks. All We're animals. not. We don't judge. We don't judge. So. Uh, Freehollowbooks.com. That's all I have to say. I'm not reading anything right now. I'm waiting. On uh, my next audiobook credit to show up on Audible.com. Well, yeah. I I have my I I have my own my own Twilight story, and that is you know a few years ago to be culturally relevant. I read those. Those maybe three four years ago, and my yeah, daughter. Yeah, then you then you named your cat that. We know. That's what you're saying. And my and then and my daughter was reading them. She was uh, at about the right age. And about my I think my proudest moment as a father was when at about page three of book three, she just tossed the book across the room and refused to keep reading. So well, I think, I think I've Rice done something and... well. I've, I've done something well. I'd... Round of applause. Nice. In my day, vampires burned, damn it. <laughs> yeah, Rene, anything on your uh, Kindle, on your iPhone? Yeah, so I mean, I've, I've got uh, two things, actually three things at the moment, but what, what killed me this week was Marvel Unlimited came out. And it's basically, if you're not familiar with it, it's Netflix for Marvel Comics. You pay one price and you get, I forget what it is, something like, it's tens of thousands of issues, 70,000 or something. And a lot of it I've read before, but a lot of it, you know, I couldn't afford it as a kid to buy every issue. And that's going to cost me an enormous amount of sleep, um, just going through a lot of the, the classic issues. Yeah, well, what's, it co- what's the Marvel Unlimited cost? Uh, it's on sale right now for half price. I think it's 60 bucks for the year now or 5 bucks a month or something crazy like that. So wow. it's yeah, and it's 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 just huge. It's not the best app. It's still it's an HTML5 app. They're so concerned about DRM. There it is again that it, that compromises user experience. Okay. So it doesn't zoom, or it zooms the entire interface by so accident. You can't subscribe like on your Comixology app. Well, Comixology is for new stuff. So this has no new stuff in it. This is only a year or two old, like Netflix. Yeah. So Comixology is still where you get all the new stuff. But if you don't really care about the new stuff, or you just want access to that back catalog. The only thing I don't like is if you imagine Netflix only had Warner Brothers content right. and not everybody. That's what this is. It's only Marvel. There's no DC, no Dark Horse, no Image. So well, it's that's a, why it's I a like garden. the Comixology app because it's got the DC, Marvel, yep. and all the independents. Where you, uh, you can still log into your account on a Marvel app, but then you don't have the Superman. Yeah. I only use the, yeah. com- the Comics app. Timothy, uh, Timothy Leary just came out with some new eye drops. That contain every <laughs> Superman comic ever. <laughs> I'm sure Alan Moore has taken them by the spoonful. <laughs> Marvel's actually been pretty, pretty uh, user friendly about getting their older books out. You know, they did this, yeah. the DVD, you know, CD initiative, what five, ten years ago, yeah. putting there's actually you know, all of rogue- their old books out there. Yeah, I saw I have a rogue. Uh, there's a Roku yeah. channel that has all these uh, Superman TV shows, like comics and stuff. From the 40s and the 50s, it's, it's on a Roku channel. It's free. Yeah, and well, also yeah. at South by Southwest, they announced, I think, 700 first issues on Comixology for free. It was so much that they took down their servers. Right. So yes, they've been very good. Marvel, Actually, Marvel if, if you search ones, bookguys.ca, we do have a story on there. There's a post there that has a uh, link, legal, legal link. <laughs> <laughs> all the YouTubes, uh, the, the Fleischmann comics from, I think, the yeah. 50s, that all, uh, they, they hit public domain. And uh, we do have a link there for that. And speaking of that, we are going to be switching our site back to Squarespace soon. And I'm going to get him nice. as a sponsor. It loads fast. It, yeah, I just tried out Squarespace 6 and I said, okay, we're switching. And contacted them and said, I'll get him as a sponsor. Because you know what? 
switching from them was a bad idea. <laughs> you know, it's just for me the the hassle of by the time your free you know uh, WordPress site gets backed up and all this other stuff you add to it, just give Squarespace the twenty four dollars a month. Outsource you know, your IT. Yeah, pretty much. You know the the hassle I got to go to update it and whatnot, and I got I'm paying for the Squarespace backup ser uh, sorry the WordPress backup service and eh no time. Squarespace. I have one actual physical book too that I've been reading. It's it's called um, The Deer in the Cauldron. It's a translation of a really really famous Chinese series by Louis Cha. It's a it's a little boy named Trinket, who's a, pretty much a little jerk, but he leads an interesting life. He ends up training at the Shaolin Temple and the Wudang Temple and the M.A. Mountains and becoming a, a, a fake eunuch in the Imperial Palace. And if you're a fan of anything from Jackie Chan to Bruce Lee movies, it's like a story version of a Chinese martial hero epic. Very cool. That's great. Very cool. Sounds great. And they're funny because they don't, they don't have linear story arcs like we're used to in Western culture. All their right. stuff, like Journey of the West, is serialized. It, it goes on forever and meanders, but it, once you get past that, it's enjoyable. That's awesome. Now, let's take a look at that again. Is, that, is there any illustrations? It looks like a weird size. Oh, nice. Okay. It's hardcover. It's big. Yeah, nice. Oxford University Press, so it's, it's a scholarly translation. Right. <laughs> Great. Absolutely. And it can also be used for self-defense because it's big and heavy. I've got to find uh, <laughs> Greg the book guy uh, had uh, old German fairy tales. The original like you know and it was so gory and nasty i love it <laughs> i gotta find that i'm gonna bring that to the show because uh it had like uh oh, i'm trying to remember the names but like your classic fairy tales the way they were originally taught in the original german oh yeah um, literally like, like not safe grim for uncensored work. <laughs> not safe for work yeah say i skimmed through those old fairy tales once there was a lot of throwing of people down the stairs that's that's the main <laughs> that was my main takeaway and behave, children, or the tailor will cut your thumbs off. If you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, that's if you're lucky. Understand, Grandma was the wolf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, it's been a, a lot of fun. We're going to play the lullaby. Take us out. Jeff Gurner is going to take us out. Thank you so much for joining us this week, Renee. Thank you. Professor Allen. Sir Jimmy. Next week, we're going to show off, I swear, we're going to show off the Reading Rainbow app. It'll be next week. Stay tuned, book readers and book listeners. Book Guide Show will return next week. Same book time, same book channel. <laughs>